This episode contains graphic details of murder and other crimes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Not Always Polite. I hope you guys had an amazing Christmas, a happy new year, whatever else you celebrate. Um, a lot, I guess, has happened over the last two weeks since I talked to you guys last. Number one being, let's have a moment of silence for the the woman, the myth, the legend, Betty White, who was lost yesterday. So sad, so heartbreaking. I found out about it in the most random way from a man in the Starbucks drive-thru, but I just have to say that 2021 was shitty enough, and she probably didn't want to ruin 2022 first two, so she said, I'm gonna take the L, and I'm gonna leave now. So, that's that. Uh, Two weeks ago, I broke my knee. That has been fun. I've been dealing with that. Long story, it was a dog park accident. You know, it happens. What else has been going on? Okay, maybe there wasn't that much going on. That's about it. Anyways, hope you guys had an excellent holiday. Now, today we're going to talk about a missing persons case. And uh, I guess we should just go ahead and jump on into it. Happy 2022. Let's get started. So today we are talking about Luke Jolly DeRoche, who was born on June 28th, 1990, to his mother Monique and his father Rob in... Demiskiming, Quebec. Luke has two sisters, Priscilla and Sarah. His parents did eventually divorce, but the family remained close by keeping in constant contact with each other. Luke is described as being very outgoing and social. He was known for his warm nature towards others and that he was always smiling. He was also never afraid to go in for a hug. He was your typical teenager who loved hockey and music. He was an avid piano and guitar player, and he believed his music would one day make him famous. He stood five foot eight with a slim build, medium length, dark hair, and had braces on his upper teeth when he went missing. On March 3rd, 2011, Luke left his father Rob's home in North Bay, Ontario. According to Rob, he had to work overtime at the pulp and paper mill in Timiskaming, so Luke was unable to stay with him the following night. After leaving his father's, Luke stayed with his friends in North Bay at an apartment located at 683 Sherbrooke Street in the city's Nipissing District. That evening, he and his friends were drinking when they decided to visit Cecil's Eatery and Beer Society located in the 100 block of Main Street at the intersection of Wild Street. The group arrived at 11.54 p.m., but Luke was denied entry due to his level of intoxication and left the bar alone. It's reported that a snowstorm was moving through the area at the time. Witnesses did see him socializing at Shooter's Bar, located in Voyager Inn on Delaware Street, and he was given a ride with at least one of the patrons in the bar that night. His jacket, cell phone, and glasses were found at the Sherbrooke Street residence that they left from. 
The last communication Luke made on the cell phone that was found was to his father at 8.51 p.m. He was checking in to let his father know what he was up to. Earlier that day, Rob had reminded Luke about a job interview scheduled for the next day. Luke told him not to worry and told him he would be there and that he loved him. So the following day, the day after um, Luke was last seen, Rob and Luke's sister drove from their home in Temiskaming, Quebec to the house they owned in North Bay. They wanted to pick up Luke, make pizzas, have cake, and celebrate Luke's sister's birthday, but they were unable to reach him. Two days later, Rob received a call from his ex-wife, who also hadn't been able to reach Luke. Quote, as a mother, she has instincts, Rob said. She told him something was wrong. Luke would have called. They then reported him missing on March 7th of 2011. On March 15th, Luke's bank card was turned into the police by a pedestrian. The last transaction was a withdrawal of $20 the day he disappeared. The police, the canine unit, and members of the community began searching. Rob visited the areas of town where Luke was known to have been before his disappearance. He knocked on doors and handed out posters. Sometimes during his travels, he would even wander into the bush searching for signs. During the initial search, police took Luke's dark navy American Eagle jacket, his cell phone, his keys, and his prescription glasses from the apartment where he had been staying. The residence later became subject of a forensic investigation. According to his phone records, the last communication was his text to his father, um, and it was asking for a ride home to Quebec the next day. Surveillance footage from Cecil's infer- confirmed, confirmed, confirmed that Luke and his friends arrived at the bar at 11.54 on the evening he went missing. It showed him leaving the establishment alone and walking onto its patio. He initially turned left before realizing he needed to go right in order to make it onto the main street. From there, the footage shows him standing outside of Zoom nightclub before heading west on Main Street towards a Bank of Montreal location. The cut-off images from the bank show a man, believed to be Luke, entering, followed by an unidentified male. So, remember, he took out $20 from his bank card. And the bank card was found in the snowbank um, in the 500 block of Sherblock Street. On March 19, 2011, police searched the eastern part of North Bay's downtown. The team included a psychic and a search dog, which was given a bag of Luke's clothes in the hopes it would pick up his scent. It ran into the apartment before leading investigators onto Main Street and back to Sherbrooke Street, eventually bringing searchers to the Kinsman Trail. It reportedly barked at the banks of the Chippewa Creek, which is interesting. In April of 2011, the North Bay Police, with the help of the Sutre du Quebec and the Ontario OPP Provincial Canine Unit, conducted ground searches in a rural area close to Temiskaming. Two months later, on June 16, 2011, the OPP's Underwater Search and Rescue Unit had divers search Lake Nipissing near the water treatment plant for clues. This search was based on tips from the public. In March 2016, a pre-existing $10,000 reward for information was increased to $50,000 with the assistance of the OPP and the Ministry of Community Safety and Correctional Services. On June 14, 2016, the North Bay Police Service and the police in Quebec searched a home on Boucher Street in Temiskaming. Nothing was located, but investigators returned the following day. Investigators held a nudes conference in October of 2019 to announce they had uncovered a later sighting of Luke at Shooter's Bar at the Voyager Inn on Delaware Street off Algonquin Avenue. 
He was seen socializing, and an employee recalled seeing him at around 3 a.m. on the morning of March 5, 2011, before he obtained a ride home from at least one of the bar's patrons. Additional witnesses have come forward and were interviewed after this was released. During the same press conference, it was renounced, announced, it was announced, that billboards featuring Luke's image and the number for information to call, like if you have information to call, what number, would be installed along three highways in the town. So essentially, over the past 10 years, investigators have conducted hundreds of interviews and followed up on numerous leads. They admit that the beginning of the investigation was full of misinformation and rumors. They have continued to uh, move forward with the assistance of the OPP. The investigation has led to the identification of a number of persons of interest and may have been more than finding who did it, clearing a lot of suspicious people, if that makes sense. Now, it is believed that Luke was met with foul play and is now deceased. His DNA and dental records are available for comparison should any remains be located. So let's, I guess, just discuss some theories. There's really only one theory that I agree with, but the stories of the Unsolved website that I'll have linked below, they list um, all three of these. So I'll talk about all three, but I think one really only makes sense to me, but I'll leave that up to you guys. So um, the first theory, and this is the theory that um, Luke's father, Rob, thinks is the most plausible Rob thinks that Luke was murdered because he owed money to an unknown individual. He believes um, said person is the unidentified man seen in the surveillance video at the BMO bank. His theory is that the pair went to take out money from Luke's account, but when Luke discovered he didn't have his bank card on him, they went back to the apartment on Sherbrooke to retrieve it. When it wasn't there, the guy killed him at an unknown location and disposed of his body. So his bank card wouldn't have been there because it fell out of his pocket at some point into the snowbank. And that was where the pedestrian found it. I'm assuming. Um, Two women came forward to corroborate Rob's theory with one saying she'd witnessed Luke being beaten to death and his body disposed of in the Temiskaming area. However, both women's stories have been proven false as they were individually prosecuted for obstruction of justice and sentenced to jail time. So... They came forward to corroborate it, but they lied, which is fucked up. Um, A second theory is that Luke accidentally drowned in Lake Nipissing. He was really drunk, but this theory is less likely, and investigators don't believe that his disappearance is the result of an accident. They state that Shooter's Bar, where he was last seen, is a bit far away from any bodies of water, and that Lake Nipissing was shallow and still frozen over at the time meaning it would have been obvious that he had broken through the ice and his body would have been able to be found pretty quickly. A final theory that is kind of held by internet sleuths is that Luke met with foul play while hitchhiking home to Temiskaming. As mentioned before, he had texted his dad earlier that evening about getting a ride home the following day. However, many questioned the validity of this, stating that Luke wouldn't have left his belongings at the Sherbrooke Street apartment if he'd been planning on traveling back to Quebec like he wouldn't have left his glasses not his prescription glasses or his coat especially if he's trying to hitchhike in the winter I don't know that I don't think that makes sense but you know everyone's entitled to their own opinions but yeah I think the first one unfortunately sounds the most likely so Rob is confident that there is someone out there who isn't 
sleeping at night and who knows what happened to his son and that they will eventually come forward. It's important to him, quote, it's my job as a father to continue to search and continue talking about him and to keep his story alive because somebody is out there. So just to summarize, Luke Jolly DeRoche went missing from North Bay, Ontario, Canada on March 4th, 2011, potentially March 5th, but they say March 4th. He was 20 years old at the time and was last seen wearing a dark navy American Eagle jacket, a gray t-shirt with purple logo on the lower left side, and dark blue slash black jeans, and a purple studded belt. He was also wearing a pair of black New Balance running shoes with green stitching. It is noted that his belt and black laptop shoulder bag he owned have not been recovered at this time. At the time of his disappearance, he had a slim build, stood 5'8", and weighed 150 pounds. He had short, dark, curly brown hair and brown eyes, and often had facial hair. He has a scar on his right forearm, which is thinner than his left, and he had braces on his upper teeth. Currently, the case is classified as a missing persons investigation with suspected foul play. If alive, he would be 31 years old today. For those with information regarding the case, um, they're asked to contact the North Bay Police Service tip line at 705-497-5555 or the OPP at 1-888-310-1122. Anyone who wishes to remain anonymous can call the North Bay Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. And that, my friends, is the missing persons case of Luke Jolly DeRoche. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And for more information, you can follow me on Instagram at notalwayspolite. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify as well. That's really cool. Um, and yeah, I will catch you guys next week. Bye, guys.